Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back. Episode 20 of the Corked Up Podcast. I am Frank Nares, your host. Join with me, as always, is my co-host, Jack Savio. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Frankie G Lyrical. You can find Jack at Jack underscore Savio 5. You can also follow our podcast Twitter uh, at Corked Up Podcast and our umbrella home Twitter at Two Cents Pods. Jackie, it's week one of the NFL, baby. I'm excited. How are you feeling? Let's go, Frank. Bears Packers, week one. 100 years. 100 years of the NFL, 100 years of the Bears kicking the shit out of the Packers uh, in my dreams. Um, I'm ready to get started, man. Let's just let's just let's just put, throw some gas on the grill and let's get cooking with this. You're goddamn right. Frankie. So, guys, uh, this is going to be all NFL this episode. I don't forecast baseball being back here for the first few weeks of the NFL season, maybe a tad bit. But today we have an action packed NFL week one uh, prediction segment. We're also going to do some predicting of some awards in the regular season. We're going to predict the division winners as well as the two wild card spots in each conference. That'll be in the first half. Second half, we're going to get into our uh, uh, finale of both our Bears breakdown as well as um, our top five favorite players, obviously rounding that off with the NFC North. As I said, jam-packed segment. Uh, we're going to have to come up with a few more things to talk about in that second half now that uh, to our, both of our segments are going to be done here. Um, so really just starting off, I know we want to get into the NFL season awards. So what the, the awards that we decided to predict are going to be obviously the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. Uh, Jackie, do you want to popcorn this MVP, MVP, I et think cetera, we'll, et cetera? We'll how we, yeah, let's do it how we do the top five. I think that that works pretty well. Um, now, do you want to start with the MVP or do you think we should save that? Let's let's start low with the rookies and move our way up to MVP. Okay. All right. So, so Frank, I'm going to ask you, you're, betting, you're, you're not necessarily a betting man, but if you were, who mm-hmm. is your Offensive Rookie of the Year, Frank? My offensive rookie of the year, if I'm a betting man, this is me surveying the the totality of everything. I'm not necessarily saying he's the most talented rookie, but I think he's going to have the most opportunities. But that said, it came down to two players for me and maybe a little bit of bias in suit because Josh Jacobs was was on the list. But for me, I think David Montgomery has a huge chance here. And I think team success is going to drive drive that home for him. So for me, offensive rookie – I'm a betting man is going to David Montgomery, Chicago Bears running back. So I, it came down to two players for me, but the, the, and, and again, I agree with you. I'm not saying who's the more talented one, who's the one I would, I would personally pick, but I just think with the, with the trend that there's been uh, just in, you know, the last couple of years, how it goes with awards, I think awards like these tend to favor quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks as well. Um, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray um, just because I think he's going to be able to put up a lot of a lot of yards, maybe some points as well. Um, they do have a lot of I feel like the Cardinals get written off and I, I, I don't really agree with that just because the head coaching might not be that great. But they have a good defense and they have some really talented skill players as well. Like David Johnson's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. Kirk is still there. Larry Fitzgerald still an elite, you know, not maybe elite, but he's still a top tier player. Um, 
I think Kyler Murray is just going to have the most opportunities, and these awards tend to favorite quarterbacks. But I would say David Montgomery was definitely my number two. That's fair. I, I'll say this. Had either the Eagles or the Bills said out of the gate that Miles Sanders uh, and Devin Singletary, respectively, would be their starters, talent-wise, I, I like them a little bit more than both guys mentioned. I'll say that. I, I like Miles Sanders a ton. I think he's going to be the best running back from – this class. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, well, Frank, um, that's offensive rookie of the year. What about defensive side on the defense side? Defensive rookie. Uh, this one was tough for me, but the guy who I think, I mean, this dude is so talented. Um, and, and the more I, I didn't analyze tape going into the draft on the defensive side, as I did on the offensive side, just cause I'm a dynasty owner. It, it was all about the scope positions for me. But um, Josh Allen, I think, is going to really help out that Jacksonville defense. And, and, and just like I said last episode, I do think they're going to go back to top five form, if not top three form. The talent is still there. I legitimately think they gave up last year. I just think they didn't want to play anymore with Bortles at quarterback. And I think Josh Allen is going to be a big piece for that man. He is good. He's fast. He's strong. I, I think he's getting at least 10 sacks, and I think that'll wrap up defensive rookie for him. Yeah, for uh, for me, defensive rookie of the year will be uh, a, a linebacker, um, much like you. Um, but I'm going to go in with a little bit higher of a profile. And honestly, in my opinion, just a little bit better of a fit um, scheme wise and just a huge need. Uh, Devin Bush for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good I pick. just think I, I know he's probably the safe pick. A lot of a lot of people like to make that. But I mean, we see that with you know, Darius Leonard, Roquan Smith. We see it all the time with linebackers being, you know, those those top picks for, for defensive rookie of the year. Um, and I just think Devin Bush, the high profile being on the Steelers, they're going to have a ton of, a ton of nationally uh, covered games and things like that. So I just think he's going to have a huge spotlight on him. Whereas Jacksonville, it's still Jacksonville. I don't know. They're probably not going to be in as many primetime games. So um, I think people will fall in love with Devin Bush, but I think uh, you're, it's a smart pick. I'm surprised Nick Bosa doesn't really get a, a ton of love either. But, you know, I, I just think the injuries, man, like yeah. it's you. If you tell me if you can guarantee me he's on the field for 13, 14 games, I think he, he has the most talent, I think. I, right. Out exactly. of all those guys. But exactly. the best ability is availability and him and his brother can't seem to stay on the field. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that does it for the uh, rookie of the year. Let's go to uh, let's go to comeback player of the year. Frank, who's your comeback player of the year? Comeback player for me was actually really, really easy. I didn't even look into it too much because people have just forgotten how good this guy is. Uh, Love Bell, I think, is going to run away with this thing. I, yeah. You know, you can talk about do you think Gase is a good coach, is the offensive line. You can line this guy up on the outside as a wide receiver and he's going to get you 950 yards receiving like he's just that good. You know what I mean? So to have that ability and his ability to run between the tackles and outside the tackles only makes him that more lethal being able to catch and run. So for me, it's not like he's coming off an injury. He's coming off resting for a year. His ligaments feel good. He's got, you know, he's got them loosened back up. I, barring any sort of injury, I think Love Bell runs away with this one. It's just how Andrew Luck's going to be next year when he comes back. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, Frank, I don't take the easy route. Okay. I, I like to take oh, the difficult Bush. route. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I, I picked a guy who, um, again, these these awards, I feel like personally tend to skew more towards the quarterback um, just because they can put up the numbers, they put up the wins, all that bullshit. Um, I think this is a guy who is really in a prove it type situation. Um, the guy who he was succeeded by 
uh, over and over in the playoffs, protecting him from injury, all that stuff. He's gone now in Jacksonville. I'm going with Carson Wentz. I think this is a make-or-break season for Carson Wentz. I think he's going to have a ma- I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, it, obviously, the key is health. But if he can stay healthy, I'm t- he can put up 35, 37 touchdowns. You know, and lead the Eagles to at least the wild card, if not the division winner. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Um, so, uh, coach of the year. Let's go, coach of the year, Frankie. Who's your coach of the year? Coach of the year for me was was pretty difficult because before Luck retired, I really wanted to go with Frank Reich, a guy who you know could have deserved that last year. That's Nagy's just bias, a- Frank. Na- <laughs> That's just bias, okay? Just because his name is Frank doesn't mean he's that great. And he's part of the fourth Reich. <clears throat> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, there it is. <laughs> so, no, but for me, I, I surveyed this scene, and, you know, I, I, I see a guy who some people think may have caught lightning in a bottle when he replaced Hugh Jackson midway through the year. But for me, I just think he knows how to utilize those weapons, man. And I think Freddie Kitchens, he's going he's gonna to get them their first playoff berth in quite some time. I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to... I mean, I think that offense is going to be lethal. I, I just, with his mind and those weapons and the IQ of Baker Mayfield, defensively we'll see, but the offense will be there, and I think he'll stack up enough wins to get them to the playoffs. Um, Freddie Kitchens, for me, I think is going to win Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year for me, and I know the, the 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 trendy pick is the hot coach who comes out of nowhere or get you know gets the team to the playoffs for the first time, but I kind of look at it in the sense that this is a guy who's leading a team that everybody seems to think is going to take a massive step back because they're playing a harder schedule. Um, he's working with an average quarterback to below average quarterback who nobody believes in. My my pick is coach is Matt Nagy. Once again, I just think that I think this team, if they're if they're half, you know, if they're 12 and four again, they proved everybody wrong. And I don't see a reason why this team can't win 12 games. Um, 13 games, whatever it is. If this team is a number one seed in the NFC, Matt Nagy absolutely deserves all the credit in the world because he's he. Everyone's doubting their ability to get back to where they were. It'll kind of Vic Fangio leaving proves that it's not just Vic Fangio's defense; right. it's the team as a whole. And if Matt Nagy, or excuse me, if Mitch Trubisky puts up, you know, really solid numbers, you know, 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, all that good stuff, you know, cuts down the picks. And he's able to utilize all of his offensive weapons. I don't see why Matt Nagy can't win it again. I, and again, I know you know the the popular pick is a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere, but I just think Matt Nagy has a real solid chance of of winning it again. I agree. Uh, I'm not mad at that take. I'm not mad at it at all. All right, so we will jump over to the uh, to the player of the year. Let's start with uh, offensive player of the year, Frankie. What you got? Offensive player of the year. I'm gonna go with a guy who I think has a big chip on his shoulder, and I think deservedly so. I think. As, as the summer went on, you heard him kind of get thrown under the bus. There were a lot of reports about him, and, and you know, he's being blamed for a band being disbanded that people didn't really want to see disbanded, and he's almost been called the bad guy in this case, and I think Big Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a huge year this year. Ooh. I'm thinking I'm thinking around 5,000 yards tossing. I'm thinking around wow. uh, a 3 or 4 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. I still like the weapons there. A.B. is A.B. Let's just throw that out, but Juju is not a bad step down. I think James Washington, uh, Moncrief, uh, Vance McDonald, he has weapons. James Conner, hopefully he can stay healthy for 16 games if you're a Steelers fan. I like the weapons he has. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he goes all out this year and balls out and gets offensive player of the year. Okay, wow. Uh, I went 
yeah, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about never taking the easy route. I did take the easy route on this one, Frank. Uh, Saquon Barkley, um, I just think he's going to have one of those years where he's just uh, doing literally everything to try and get the Giants to win every mm-hmm. single game. Um, you know, rushing, pass, pass catching, he can do everything. Um, and he's built to withstand 16 games, like you mm-hmm. were talking about with James Conner, where maybe he's a little bit more slender of a back and maybe not w- able to kind of withstand the take. But I mean, you look at Saquon Barkley's legs, you know, he's going to, there's just those tree trunks that he has. Yeah. It's just, he's built for the NFL and, you know, for these types. So it's funny, you know, you think for all the other awards that talk about the quarterbacks are a little bit more trendy of those picks, but I feel like for offensive player of the year, it's not, it's more uncommon for a quarterback to win than it is for a running back. Um, we saw it with Todd Gurley, you know, but yep. he didn't win MVP. So, um, I, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. Who's your defensive player of the year, Frank? Defensive player of the year. I mean, th- this was probably an easy one. We got a firsthand look at him last year with virtually no off season. Uh, Khalil Mack gets a whole off season under him, gets to really learn with everyone else now uh, under coach Pagano. The dude's an animal. The dude is an absolute beast. He missed the first two games of his career last year. And that was precautionary. Had they needed him, I, he would have played. It was a playoff game that was reported both games. Um, I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to come out fast. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking two or three sacks against the Packers on Thursday, and it's going to be all uphill from there. I mean, the dude's a monster. That was an easy pick for me. Frank, I know we've been going a little back and forth, but uh, just because I feel like it would be disorienting to do this. Uh, my defensive player of the year and and MVP of the league, Khalil Mack. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you just said. Khalil Mack having a full offseason to get ready. Um, you know, especially against the Packers at home. It's just going to be an electric night. Um, I, I know Aaron Donald is kind of the the main, is the safe pick for a lot of people, but I look at that as like the LeBron James, Mike Trout effect, where it's like, yeah, they probably should win MVP every single year. Um, but sometimes you got to reward guys for, for actually being the most valuable player on one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, some people just like to go an alternate route. And I think this year will be the year that Mac wins another defensive player of the year and, and be the first defensive MVP in a, in a, in a minute here. Um, I just think if the bears, like I said, are as good as they, as they are with, you know, Matt Nagy as the head coach, if they win 12 games, if they win 13 games again, and they're the number one seed, and Khalil Mack is the main reason why they are. Doesn't that kind of translate to MVP? That's what I, that's that's kind of how I looked at it. Um, I don't really see a quarterback really running away with this thing. Um, yeah. Based off of the fantasy, you know, I, I did a couple fantasy drafts with for my brother and my dad. I kind of helped with them uh, earlier this this week, and you know, just kind of taking a look when the first quarterbacks were going. It was Pat Mahomes, and then it was kind of after that. I didn't really love anybody after that. So. Um, I think Pat Mahomes will have a good season, but I don't know if he'll be it'll be MVP replicant, if you will. So, uh, Frank, who is your who is your MVP and and uh, of the league, Frank? Yeah, for me, I mean, I said it all before with my offensive player of the year. I think it's going to be Big Ben. I think um, I really do. He's going to go out there. And I think a lot of what I'm saying is perception wise as well, because if you just said, you know, oh, Ben's going to throw for forty eight thousand or forty eight hundred yards. 38 touchdowns and 10 picks. You're like, oh, that's a big Ben year. But I think the perception of him is a little bit different now. Can't, you know, they're asking, can he do this without his two big weapons? Granted, he didn't have Love Bell last year, but he had AB. So I think, um, I think with that perception in him replicating, if not having a better year than last year, which was his best statistical year of his career, I think that gets him to MVP. Okay, awesome. Well, 
Uh, that kind of wraps up our award predictions. Of course, if you guys have your own award predictions or if you'd like to comment on uh, me and Frank's supposed stupidity, please let us know on Twitter. <laughs> uh, again, at Frankie G. Lyrical, at Jack underscore Savio 5, at Two Cents Pods, at Cork mm. Podcast. Uh, we're going to keep it moving here. Um, we're going to head over to our, our playoff prediction. Frankie, our division winners, and then a couple wild card predictions as well. So, um, now we're not going to do our bracket yet. That's, that's a little, it's a little too soon for that, but, yeah. uh, Frank, let's start with the AFC. Um, I want to get your four AFC winners and then we'll go to mine and then we'll do our wild cards. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So Frank, um, who you got winning the, the AFC. So the AFC East, I have another pretty easy road for the Patriots. Um, AFC North, I have the Steelers winning that. AFC South, I have the Titans. I, I, I'm not. I'm not in love with any team there. Um, I, I do think, for, and this is a random prediction. There's no basis behind it, but I think Mariota stays healthy and is just good enough to eke that out with nine or ten wins. Um, the AFC West, I have the Chiefs, um, and then I'm done with the AFC before we get to the wild card. What are you working with over there, Jackie? I'm gonna start. From bottom to top, because it's going to be more fun that way. Uh, AFC West, I actually have the Chargers winning it. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think even without Melvin Gordon, I, I don't think that hurts them that much. We've talked about this quite yep. a bit on our podcast. He's just, he's more, I, I just don't think he's that special. I don't think he's that much of a game changer. Would it be nice to have him? Of course it would. But does it really make that much of a difference? I, I just think the Chargers are a more complete team. And another another year kind of together, I think that'll help them. Um, I know the popular pick will be the Chiefs, but that Chiefs defense just makes me want to throw up every time I see it. <laughs> Their like, secondary is really and, bad. And, and, Pat, and Pat Mahomes is going to take a step back. Like, I feel like people are just overlooking that fact. I know they got LaShawn McCoy, and I really do like that pickup for them. Um, but I'm just curious to see how much left he has in the tank. So I'm going to go with the Chargers winning the West. Um, I have the Texans winning the South. Obviously, if Andrew Luck is, is playing this year, uh, the Colts are my by far and away the best team. Same. Um, I like the. I I don't like the the overall trade the the trading of the two picks by the Texans to get Larry Tunsil and Kenny Stills. But just if we're talking, you know, as as a this year type of move, I think getting Tunsil to be their left tackle, you know, helps solidify that that offensive line that's been beat up pretty pretty well. Um, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a good year. We talked about their skill players a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and their defense is going to be pretty good. So, uh, again, I, I didn't love any of these teams. So if I'm just basing off maybe the best quarterback in the division, I'd probably go with the Houston Texans winning that. Um, the AFC North, uh, I went with the Steelers as well. I know a lot of people are picking the Browns, but I just got to see it. I, I have to see. I I, I know people want to pick them because they're the popular, you know, it's uh, the new team to, to pick. Um, you got the skill position. You got the good defense. You got the quarterback. You got the head coach. I just need to see it come together. And then we'll, I'll go from there. Um, I think the Ravens have a shot at winning this division. Their defense is really, really good. Yep. I just don't know about Lamar Jackson, after, uh, you know, playing a full 16 games. That makes me a little agree. nervous. <clears throat> um, and then uh, the AFC East. Frank, I want to start by saying this. I didn't pick this team just because of my hate for the Patriots, okay? I picked them because you convinced me that a certain quarterback is going to have a monster year. <laughs> I did. I and did. is going to have – and I think their defense is really overlooked. They have a lot of talent on their defense this year. Uh, I'm going with the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Frankie. Let's go green. I think, um, you know – 
when I said relatively easy, I am expecting a jump up from the Jets. I do think Darnold is one year away from really competing in that division. I think he's going to put up good stats, but I do think he's still, he'll still be a little shrieky. I also am not in love with his wide receiver core. Robbie Anderson is is good. Quincy Anunua is good. They don't that he needs a guy. You know what I mean? He needs a a solidified number one, and I I just don't think they have that just yet. But I do like what they're building on defense. Yeah, I, I like their offensive line. I like Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, I know Gase is is kind of a weirdo, but you know as long as he keeps doing blow and keeps winning games, that will keep him <laughs> in New York for quite some time. Oh, for um, sure. Let's go to the uh, to the wild card winners, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Who you got yes. for the wild card, Frankie? So my two for me um, are the Brownies and the Chargers. I have the Ravens just missing out. I think I, I'm just not in love with Lamar Jackson. I, I, I think that that fad worked last year. Eventually, he's going to have to be a passer first. And I just I just don't see it like we like running quarterbacks for as fun as they can be. They don't win, and there's a reason that they don't win. Is because when you really want to shut them down, you can shut them down and make them pass. You know what I mean? And the only guy that I've really been able to, to see do both at an extremely high level was Michael Vick, and then he killed dogs, and he, we never heard from him again. Until he um, came to the Eagles. Until, until he came to the Eagles and balled out again. But he, like, he could pass in the pocket so he can kill you from the pocket, and that was the thing that Colin Kaepernick did so well, you know, before he his career started to go downhill is that he still killed you from the pocket. Lamar does not scare me in the pocket whatsoever. Right. And, and Lamar Jackson doesn't really, their receiver core isn't that great either. No. Uh, so I'll, I, I mean, honestly, if I'm playing the, the Ravens, I'm going to be sending all day blitzes on him and just trying to, trying to, you know, play a spy or just something because he's not going to be able to throw the ball down the field. It's just not going to happen. I agree, and I think if, if you have the personnel to do so, I think the Chargers really showed you what to do. You put in seven or eight secondary pieces back there to match speed for speed with him, and people looked at that comeback at the end of the fourth. That was very empty. He did that with they, – they were playing contained defense those last five minutes, and that's when he started making throws, and it's it, it just not very convincing. Does he have the talent to prove me wrong by all means? I think the same approach that you're saying about the Browns not winning the division, he has to show me that he can do it before I just say he's going to do it. And I think his, I think his, uh, I don't know if his body can hold up in 16 get in 16. He's very games. slender. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of hits. And it's just, you know, that makes you nervous as well. Um, my two wildcard teams are, are the Patriots um, and then, and then the Chiefs. So I actually have the Browns missing the playoffs this year um, just because I don't, I just don't buy it. I, I, I know the talent's there, but you know what? The talent was there for the Giants a lot of times, too, with the same kind of players, and they just didn't really match the expectations. I know that Baker Mayfield is a much more talented quarterback at this point than Eli Manning <laughs> is, but you know what? We, you, you fall in love with these teams before they, they really have they, they really prove anything, and then at the end of the season, everyone's like, oh, man, what the fuck happened? Well, it's like it's still the Browns. Like, I want to see it. Am I good? If would I be mad if I'm wrong? Of course not. I would love for the Browns to make the playoffs. Um, I just don't think it's happening this year, Frankie. I think it's fair. I, I think I, I think I mean the AFC is tough to make the playoffs anyway. They have a bunch. I'm not saying that the NFC is a cakewalk, but if they did a one through uh, twelve, I think there'd be more AFC teams in the in the playoffs than the NFC. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, uh, we'll jump over to the NFC, Frank. I'll give you my four, and then you'll give me yours, and then we'll do wild cards as well. Um, 
the AFC East, I have uh, I have the Cowboys winning that division. Uh, it sounds like Ezekiel Elliott's coming back. Um, I think they have the best defense in the league in in the AFC East as well. Um, it's basically going to be a race between them and the Eagles, and I think the Cowboys will just prevail. Um, I, I think nine wins gets you the division title this year, and I think the the Cowboys have the talent to do that. Um, the NFC North, I of course have the Bears. Uh, the AFC, the NFC South, uh, the Saints. And then the NFC West, I have the Rams. Yeah, so for me, uh, NFC East, I have the Eagles, just like you said. I think it will be neck and neck, um, you know, between them and the Cowboys. I do think I I like the Eagles a tad bit more uh, than them. Uh, NFC West, I have the Seahawks. Um, NFC South, I have the Falcons, which may be somewhat of a shocker. I, I I just like their offensive talent a ton. Uh, they need to work on their defense, obviously. But on uh, the NFC North, I, I have the Bears. I, I just I think up and down that division, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is always going to be scary. Let's just go ahead and say that. So would I be shocked if the Packers make a run at it? No. But when you look at rosters, 1 through 53, I like the Bears virtually almost everywhere else position by position. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, man. You know what I mean? Like he, he's going to win them games they're not supposed to. He's going to be in they're going to be in contention if he can stay healthy, even though they're not necessarily supposed to. So I can see them making the playoffs or even making a push for the division. So I don't want to come off too biased here and act like this is going to be a cakewalk because the Vikings have talent as well. Uh, I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins. So yeah. uh, if there will be another team in contention, it's going to be Green Bay. My uh my two wild card teams, Frankie, are going to be the Eagles and the Seahawks. Um, you know, I just I, I really like the Eagles. Uh, I I'm a little more nervous about the Falcons, uh, just because of kind of what you were talking about the the offensive weapons. Um, I don't really trust that defense a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. They're gonna have to score a lot of points, and you know if they can get Julio Jones the into the end zone, great. <laughs> but we'll we'll see if that happens. Um, I don't know how much better Jadavion Clowney really makes the Seahawks. Uh, I do. I, I like to trade for them, but just there's just something about that team overall that I just I just don't like. I, I feel like they're just missing. They're they're really good in certain areas. They're good at quarterback. They're good at middle linebacker. Uh, you know they have you know some decent secondary, play, but just kind of overall as a team, I they're just missing too. They just have too many holes. Um, who you got for your wild card? My two wild card teams are the Saints and the Rams. Um, I have the Cowboys just missing out over there. I just think with all the headlines, everything going on, um, Zeke is going to be Zeke. He can go in out of shape and, and, and you know get back in shape by week five and still probably get you 1,400 yards. He's, he's to me, the best uh, running back in the NFL. I don't trust Dak. I don't trust Amari Cooper. As I said, yeah. his year, his half year with the Cowboys – was very much so overrated. He had two monster games, and that was it. He he looked he was very basic beyond that. So he's one of those guys that still has to prove to me that he can be a wide receiver one, um, you know, for a whole 16 games. And and Dak just has to prove that he can take that next step. He he got graded on a curve the year he took over for Tony Romo, and he's never really taken that that step yet. And I just think I I don't trust them. They're they're gonna have to feed Zeke as much as possible, and I think that's gonna win them games that maybe they shouldn't. Granted, their defense is very very good. Would I be shocked if they made the playoffs? No. For me, I think I just look at the I look at them the way you look at the Seahawks. Not necessarily that there's that many holes there. The important pieces I just don't trust. Yeah, that's fair. And and what is it? I was just curious because this is probably a, a a pretty big one. The Rams. You know what is it about the Rams that you have them missing out on the on the on the west i um 
the way I look at the Seahawks, I know in your from your vantage point, you said Jadavion Clowney, you don't feel like is too big of an addition for them. But when I look back and think of how they won and how they used to win, it was just feeding that defensive line. It reminded me so much of the New York football giants when they beat the Patriots. It was just, we're going to have yeah. four defensive ends out there. Michael Bennett's going to play all over. Now, Jadavion Clowney might play that role. I mean, they just invest in that defense and they have... Um, you know, these stretches where the offense may be average or above average at times, but Russell Wilson continues to get better year after year. Stats may not show it, but just the way he plays. And I think, um, I mean, I just, I like their backfield as well, offensively. Their, their receivers still, they have to show you something. Tyler Lockett has to prove he can be a, a wide receiver one. Not in love with DK Metcalf. I like Gar- Gary Jennings as a rookie more than him right now. Um, I, I, I just I just feel like this is going to be a team or the, uh, the way they're building this team is very reminiscent to when they were so succeeding think, years. So, so years it's not a, so, so you wouldn't say it's, a, it's, it's as much about the Rams as you would about as about the, uh, the Seahawks. No, on the flip side of it, when I hear the reports that, well, let me say this before I even say that, um, Sean McVay has gotten a lot of credit and he deserves every single ounce of it. I love him as a coach. I think he's done wonders there. I've never really liked Jared Goff as a quarterback, and the, the most worrisome thing for me is that his last four or five weeks, he didn't look very good. He looked very, very average. And to me, when I see the report saying that defenses and defensive coordinators caught on that Sean McVay was speaking to him until he couldn't no more to read right. pre-coverage snaps, that's scary to me. It really is, because that was the biggest thing coming out of college, that he, he couldn't adjust to defenses, that his arm talent is there, but, you know— in between the ears wasn't necessarily there. And I just think they take a step back uh, this season, even though he has a ton of weapons, I don't really trust him. Mm. If they had a defense like the bears do, I think I would be talking about them very similarly as I, as I am the bears. I don't trust their defense all that much. They have talent all around the field and it seemed like they, they got it together come playoff time. But I think that's more of the guys being gamers rather than the talent actually, you know what I mean? Being there. Definitely. for a full 16 games. Okay. And we and we don't know about Todd Gurley as well. We'll, we'll kind of, we have to see what he's kind of shape he's in. Um, awesome. Okay. So that kind of does it for our playoff predictions. Of course, guys, if you, uh, you know, want to make yours as well, um, again, let us know on Twitter uh, or wherever you'd like to let us know and call us idiots. Um, to wrap up this first segment, uh, this first half, we're going to go ahead and give you our week one picks. We'll probably do this every week, just kind of give our picks uh, for each game, not going to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, I, I do want to get our picks there so that they're documented and people can be like, oh, my God, they're so smart, even though we're probably getting everything wrong. Um, yeah. Frank, let's go ahead and start um, Green Bay and and, and Chicago. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say who we're both taking. <laughs> yeah. Do um do we want to do that now or should we do a full breakdown in the second half? You know what, Frank? You made the you made a good call. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll give the picks. We'll do the Bears breakdown. And then, of course, we will get to the top five favorite players for the NFC North, uh, the Bears, Packers, Vikings, and Lions, to close it up and get us ready for Bears, Packers Thursday night. Frankie, we'll be right back on Tucson, on uh, the Corked Up podcast on Tucson's Pod. Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast, episode number two zero. I am Jack Savio. He is Frank Neris. 
Uh, we've been talking a lot of football. This is our football edition, as it is week one, Bears-Packers, Thursday night to kick things off. Uh, so uh, before we get started, of course, you can always you know participate in the show at Forked Up Podcast, at Jack underscore Savio 5, at Frankie G Lyrical, at Two Cents Pods on Twitter. Uh, Frank, we uh, left off the first half wanting to do a little, uh, you know, week one picks, uh, game picks. Um, so I guess we'll we'll save Packers Bears for the end of the segment, and then we'll kind of jump right into the Bears breakdown, uh, finishing that segment up with the quarterbacks, uh, the quarterback talk there. So let's just jump into the, some of the noon games that we have. Um, we have the Rams at Carolina. Um, Frank, I'm taking the Rams on the road in Carolina. What about you? I am taking the Panthers at Ooh, home. okay. All right. Um, I just think that the Rams are, are going to kind of be uh, out to prove themselves. We talked about a little bit earlier about a you know chip on the shoulder when it came to Ben Roethlisberger. I think losing the Super Bowl, you know, I think they're going to be out to prove that they're still one of the best teams in the league. Um, and I just I, I personally worry about Cam Newton's health um, playing at even at home. So that that's where I'm kind of coming from with the Rams. Yeah, and for me, uh, it's really the the same exact effect. I think Cam Newton's going to go out there and really prove that his shoulder still has some juice in it. He's going to prove that he can still run the rock. Uh, I think CMC is going to continue to to try and prove that he's a top five back in this league, if not top three. Um, I just think the Rams are going to get off to a slower start due to that Super Bowl. People act like it's, and I'm not saying you, but I like the Super Bowl hangover for me is very real. I, it's I think, real. Yeah, I think, and that's what that's a, a part of the reason why I have them as a wild card team. I think they're going to be a middling team until about mid midway through when they really gear things up. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Not not too much to say. I don't want to get stuck on on one game, so uh, we'll keep moving on. Um, Washington at Philly. I'm going with Philadelphia. I just I I don't like that Case is is Case Keenum is the starting quarterback for Washington. Um, their their team overall I think just sucks and I'm just gonna go with the Eagles. Yeah, I ha- I have Eagles over Redskins as well. Obviously, divisional games are always played tight, not always, but usually played tight. They know each other. They build because of the other team built something. Um, the Redskins just aren't there yet. I think they have some good young pieces. I think Dwayne Haskins takes over midway through, but as it stands, they're they're still very bare. I think the Eagles are just better pretty much in every every category top to bottom and I think I think they're the class of the division I think they're going to want to get out there win you know win their first division game uh and and move on from there moving on we got another division game Buffalo at New York uh New York Jets that is uh Frank I'm taking the Jets at home as they are going to be my AFC West winners they are going to be winning or excuse me AFC East winners they're going to be winning a couple games that a lot of people probably wouldn't think uh, I, I do like Josh Allen, the quarterback, not obviously the, the pass rusher. <laughs> oh, I like both, to be honest with you. But um, I just don't think Buffalo is quite there yet. I kind of in the same spot as maybe Washington, maybe a little bit ahead. Um, I just think the Jets overall are a more complete team right now. So I'm going to go with the Jets. Yeah, uh, I'm going Bills there. I think um, I like the Bills defense a ton. Um, I actually like some of the pieces that the Bills have on offense as well. I like Devin Singletary. Frank Gore is obviously going to hold down the fort here for a little bit, splitting carries before he's ready to really take over. Um, and I think Josh Allen begins to take that step forward. He reminds me a ton of Lamar Jackson in the sense that he, he really isn't accurate at all. But I think his body build is better suited for, you know, 
being a running quarterback. That being said, I'm picking the Bills over the Jets more because I think the Jets are going to get off to a little bit of a slow start. They have a lot of new pieces, obviously, with the running back, some offensive line additions. Their defense, while they have some good pieces, I think it's going to take them a little while to gel. And I, I think, I guess my logic going into that is I think the best unit going into that game is the Bills defense. I don't know if Darnold's going to be ready for some of the packages that they bring. I just really like Jamal Adams. I, I, I do, do like too. Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Uh, Keenan Williams is going to be an absolute monster in the and the defensive line. Um, but I agree, there's there's a lot to like, and and you know Andrew Luck's on a one year hiatus, so I got to fill that with with another quarterback love, and it's going to go to Sam Darnold. He's got the red <laughs> hair and everything. So uh, let's go with the Jets. Uh, moving on, uh, we got the um, a game. I'm sure you and I will be playing pretty close attention to. Um, we got the Falcons at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going, I, I had a, I actually wrote Atlanta first, but then I decided to go against that, um, Minnesota at home. It's just such a tough place to play that defense will play really well there. Um, and it's not a big game yet because Kirk cousins, you know, he's not playing a 500 team because no team has a record. <laughs> so he's probably going to be pretty good. Um, and I think Dalvin cook being back will really help him. Um, so I'm going to go with the Vikings taking the, taking the win over Atlanta. Yeah. I have the Falcons over the Vikings. Um, it's just something about that Vikings team. It just feels like something's missing for me. And I, I don't like, I love, I, I like Stefan Diggs. I like Adam Thielen. I like Dalvin cook. I like Anthony Barr. I mean, I like the defense. I like the offense. I don't know if it's just Kirk cousins. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I just feel like something's missing and, and they're not going to win the games that they need to. So I, I and I think it starts week one. I, I got the Falcons winning that game. Okay. Moving on. Uh, we got, uh, we got Baltimore at Miami. Um, Frank, I think this is a pretty easy one for both of us. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore here. Miami is just in shambles right now. They're just trading pieces left and right. Um, they're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick over, over, uh, Josh Rosen, which of course means that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw for 5,000 yards in one game (laughs) and they're going to win 56, nothing. Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore. The defense is too good. Lamar Jackson will, will have some fun running around out there in the warm weather. Um, and he won't really have to pass that much because they'll go up early and, and probably hold the lead for a good long while. Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to win that fairly easily. I, there, there's nothing about the Dolphins right now that that inspires too much. They have some pieces on both sides of the ball, not enough to certainly compete this year, which kind of goes back to our point uh, a few weeks ago and you just made now. Why are you starting Ryan Fitzpatrick? I, I mean, let, let Rosen get out there and develop. Your, you're not going to win anyway. Right. Doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Ravens win that fairly easily. Okay, uh, awesome. Moving on again, we're gonna continue here with the AFC. We got the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. at Jacksonville. Um, Frank, first big upset of the day. I'm going Jacksonville. Um, you talked about it a little bit earlier. Pick, you know, talk when we were talking about the AFC South. Um, you, I believe in this defense as well. I think they're a really, really good defense. I'm just more – I didn't pick them to win the division or the, make the playoffs simply because I, I want to see what Nick Foles does, um, you know, leading his own offense without having to worry about Carson Wentz behind him the entire time. This is his team. It's his offense. They have some good players. Uh, but that defense is just really, really good. And I think they're going to get at Matt, Pat Mahomes and show him a little something that he may, may have not seen last year. So uh, I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars at home too. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs there. I'm going. I really thought about that. This one was one of my my tougher picks for Week One because for all the reasons you listed, I you know that was going to make me pick Jacksonville. I do think the Chiefs are just loaded on offense, man. I, for as good as Jacksonville is, 
the Chiefs are going to score, and I just don't have faith in Nick Foles, especially just yet with that offense. They haven't gelled. I like some of the pieces that I like. I like DJ Chark. If Fournette can stay healthy, he's going to be good. But I just don't think he's had enough time to gel with them, and I the defense can't do everything for him. So I, I, right. I think the Chiefs win in, in a, a pretty close, a closer-than-expected game, I think. And then we got uh, Tennessee at Cleveland. Um, I know we talked a little bit about both teams. Um, I know they're your division winner, so I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to go with the Titans on this one. Um, I just need to see Cleveland do it. I think Cleveland's going to have a good game, but I just need to see it first before I start picking them to win every single game. Um, I don't love the Titans quarterback play. We, I've, I've documented this very, mm-hmm. very much so, um, but I do like the run game. I do like their offensive line. I know they're going to be missing Taylor Lewan for the first four games due to the PED stuff. Um, but I, I think that defense is solid enough to help get them a win in, in, in Cleveland. Yeah, I got the Titans over the Browns as well. I, I think the Browns, they're, they're going to get off to what some people are going to think is a disappointing start. I think by week six or seven, they'll be three and four, three and three-ish, depending on what week we're talking here. And then they're going to click and go on a run and make the playoffs. I think early, they're going to struggle just a tad bit. I think the offense still will put up numbers, but there's going to be some hiccups. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a brand new piece is all around Baker. Um, and well, not, not all around, but you Odell Beckham is, is, you know, obviously taking over the outside receiver, pushing Landry definitely to the slot this year. And I, and I really just don't, I don't love Nick Chubb. I think he's a good running back. I oh, just wow. don't know if he's a number one back. We'll, we'll, it's, we'll have to see. Fair. On that. I like everyone, Chubb. everyone thought Trent Richardson was a number one back. That's, in no, that's fair. So let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's uh, fair. Next game is, is started, I believe, the start of the later games uh, for 3.05 Central Time. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, if Luck is playing this game, I'm taking the Colts all the way. Uh, but since it's in Los Angeles with, the, you know, all two fans that they have, um, I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one still. Um, I just think that they're right now a better team than where the Colts are. I think it's going to take some time for Brissett to kind of get into a, a rhythm with this offense. Um and I still think the shock of what happened with Andrew Luck will still play into this this game a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Chargers to win this one at home. I'm going Colts over Chargers. I think um I think they're going to they're going to be one of those teams that comes out of the gate hot, three and one, four and zero, oh, and then they start to tail off. I think they're going to come out with their hair on fire, just with everyone doubting them now, uh, and put on maybe their best performance of the season in Week One. Uh, I'm certainly not expecting them to beat high profile teams all year, but I think early on is when you really look to them before they begin to fade. Um, for me, I, I got them beating the Chargers week one. Wow. Wow. Believing in Brissett, huh? Shocking. I, um, I like the weapons there a lot too, though. I mean, Brissett. I, I do, but I, I just, I just like that, that Chargers defense a little bit more. I just, that, that's, that's just fair. simply that's fair. Who's a better quarterback, Mariota or Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett, not even close. Uh, speaking <laughs> of bad quarterback play, we got, uh, Cincinnati at Seattle next. Um, I am personally taking the Seattle Seahawks in this one at home. They just, they're so tough to play in the seat. Yep, the, yep. the Bengals are going to miss AJ green. It's just simply put. Um, but I just, I, I'm going with Seattle. I have Seattle as well. I have Seattle as well. And for everyone who plays fantasy, whether it's dynasty or just year by year, I think this is the time to buy in on Tyler Boyd. I see a big year for him this year. I've taken Tyler Boyd in, in both leagues that I, that I had to, he's, I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, continuing on, uh, a late game that I didn't really expect to be a late game, and I'm not totally sure why it is. Uh, I guess maybe just to balance it out a little bit more, San Francisco at Tampa Bay. 
Uh, Frank, this was a real toss-up for me and not in really any good ways. Um, I'm going Tampa Bay. Uh, I think Bruce Arians is going to mesh well with Jameis Winston. I still like the weapons that they have. Mike Evans is still one of the best receivers in football, even if people don't know it. Um, and I just I, – I, I like Ronald Jones. I don't love him. I think he's going to have a pretty solid game. But I, I, I what, do you really trust Jimmy Garoppolo that much? And, you know, teams go from the West to the East. It, it, there is that time difference, and mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. always plays into it a little bit more. So I'm going to go with, with Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. I have the Bucks as well. I have the Bucks as well, and I, I may be on a ledge here on my own, but I think that's going to be the most entertaining game of the week. I think it's going to be high scoring. You have def- two defenses that aren't that great, um, but you have teams that have some weapons. I, I like the receivers over there in San Fran. we got to see if Jimmy G can actually be a good quarterback, but Dante Pettis uh, is very fun to watch. Goodwin is very fun to watch. I like the rookies that they got, Debo Samuel and um, Hurd. I'm not sure if, if Hurd is going to be playing or he's questionable. But then obviously, just like you touched on it, Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in, in football. I think they're going to air it out with um, with Tampa. And, uh, you know, Jameis is not scared to just throw it up and let his receivers make a play. So I, I think we're going to see some some good highlights from that. I think that's going to be a fun game that the Bucs uh, ultimately prevail in. All right, moving right along. We got a big, big division matchup. Uh, the New York Giants at Dallas. Uh, I'm taking Dallas at this one at home. Uh, I just don't trust the quarterback for the Giants. Um, and I just think at home, Dallas is a really tough team. And I just think overall right now, uh, they're, they're going to be the best. And the, the Cowboys better hope they win that game if Ezekiel Elliott isn't playing that game. Because otherwise, Cowboy fans are going to be pissed. Who you got, Frankie? Yeah, I have the Cowboys. I think um, the Giants are going to get off to a super slow start with Eli, and I think Daniel Jones comes in week three or four, um, and and you kind of wave goodbye to Eli, you know, for his career. And I I just there's nothing inspiring about him. I think the team around him it, it's really not all that great, and you know they're they're going to need to play out of their minds to to have a chance in the, in this division. Yeah. Uh, All right, continuing on, we got another uh, later game. Um, Again, one that we'll probably have a closer eye on than normal. Uh, The Lions at Arizona. Uh, I am going with Arizona. Um, I know it's at home. Um, I don't love this Lions team literally at all. I think Kyler Murray's going to win them a couple more games than we probably expect he will. They're not going to go 0 and 16, so they got to (laughs) win some games at some point, right? So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Arizona for this one. Um. I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions. I like their team top to bottom a little More bit More than the better. Packers, right? Um, yeah, top to bottom, yes. But Aaron Rodgers is gonna, is not going to allow the Lions to have more wins than them. I think that's what Pete, a few Green Bay fans listen to that episode. And they're like, oh, my God, you said the Lions are better. Because if you're unbiased and look at them 1 through 53, I think they are. Aaron Rodgers just will not allow that. That He's just so much better than Matthew Stafford. You know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. it is what it is. Um, but I, I just – I don't forecast the Cardinals being like the Chip Kelly type of team from a few years ago where they come out and surprise everyone. I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury's good. I'm going to go out and even say he gets fired after this year. I just don't think he's very good. Wow. Like you Could already you have cor- you already have corners and, and, and secondary people talking about how, you know, college this offense is and how they want to shut it down. And like they don't really respect that the scheming of everything. And I just I don't see it either. And I, I think the Lions have a field day with them, to be honest with you. Okay, so uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. Frank is taking the uh, Detroit Lions. So we're going to keep going. Uh, We got a late game. Uh, I believe this is Sunday night football. Um, We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New England Patriots, the Super Bowl champions. I I can never remember if it's defending or reigning. I'm not sure which one it is. 
both mean the same to me, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, they're going to have their banner ceremony. But, uh, Frank, I'm going with the Steelers, and I have an inkling you are as well. Yeah, I am as well. I, I think it's just the Patriots usually start off pretty slow. They start off middling. They and everybody even, thinks it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're over the hill. Tom's finally done, and they just reel off nine straight wins. I don't think it's any different this year. I think they start off a little bit slower than people like. Um, but I am expecting a big game from Josh Gordon. I may start him in a couple fantasy leagues. Plus, the Steelers always play them pretty well in, in New England. Yep. Uh, they just they they they're one of those teams that just always play the Patriots pretty well. Um, moving over to uh, one of the the first of the two Monday night games, uh, we have Houston at New Orleans. Um, I I I'm going New Orleans all the way on this one. Uh, the Superdome is always a, such a tough place for teams to come in to beat them. And I think kind of what we were talking about the Rams. I think the Saints are going to be on a mission this year as well to get back to where they they feel like they should have been in the first place. Um, you know, get back to the Super Bowl and, and, and try and win the thing. So I'm going to go with the Saints over over the Texans in the first of the two Monday nighters. Same, same. I have the Saints being at, had this been at Houston, I would have taken Houston, I think. Um, but with them being at home, for all the reasons that you mentioned, I think uh, Drew Brees is getting sick of hearing people say that he lost his arm strength at the end of last year, even though I think he did and it's going to happen again this year. But he'll start the year off hot. And um, I think I think they have enough to beat the Texans in week one. Yeah, and I, I just like I, I, home field advantage means so much more in football than it does for literally any other any other uh, sport, I would say. Um, all right, last of the two Monday nighters, and then we'll get to, to, to Bears Packers here, and we'll continue the breakdown and do our top five NFC teams, um, top five NFC North teams, I should say. Um, Denver at Oakland um, or Las Vegas. They're not whatever you want to call them. <laughs> the some Oakland dumb Raiders franchise. Of Las Vegas. Yeah, some shit franchise doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going Denver. Um, I know a lot of people are starting to kind of overlook Denver and kind of just thinking, you know, whatever. But their defense is still really damn good. They got Bradley yeah. Chubb. Uh, they got Van, Von Miller. I like Joe Flacco as a Bronco more than I do as a as a Raven. Honestly, I think this style fits him a little bit better. Um, a little more of what the Ravens did when they won the Super Bowl. Um, they have good weapons. I like Cortland Sutton. Um, you know, I know you agree with that as well. Uh, Philip Lindsay is okay. He's, you know, solid piece. Uh, Royce Freeman, I think is probably going to overtake that, that running back spot. Um, I just think the right Denver is just a better team. And I think Oakland has too many problems. And, um, I just, I don't buy Derek Carr at this point. I just don't. I don't either. I think, um, the Broncos are actually my dark horse, um, AFC team. If I'm, if I pick someone who wasn't on there, the Broncos were right there because I think people forget how good Flacco looked last year before he got hurt. Um, and ultimately lost his job due to the injury to Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, he made John Brown look like a real receiver yeah, out there. He, right. he played very, very well. I think with, with, with this line, with this defense and with the weapons, like you mentioned, uh, Cortland Sutton, I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think you're talking about 1200 plus yards this season. Um, I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot. And then obviously Emmanuel Sanders just tore his uh, Achilles two weeks ago and he's back at it already. So, I mean, really good pieces. I like the the, the one-two punch of uh, Freeman and Lindsey. I just like this team. I, I Like I said, I don't know if it's the orange and blue like the Bears, but I, I, I do like this team this year. I think they could sneak in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think Vic Fangio is, is going to prove himself to be a pretty good head coach. He's going to have his fingerprints all over that defense. I, I'm more than I'm more curious to see if he's head coaching on the on the field or if he's upstairs in the booth calling yeah. down plays. Um, but uh, all right, so so that that'll do it. We'll we'll jump over to the uh, Packers and the Bears 
uh, right now. Yeah, Frankie. So we're going to talk some uh, some Bears Packers uh, week one. I, I don't think it's going to be too uh, too crazy for you and uh, me to list out our picks here. I think it's pretty obvious you and I are both going Bears. Um, but rather than just saying who we're picking, I think we should go into a little bit more, you know, about why we feel so confident uh, in the Bears. So so let's start with you. Um, I know you're picking Bears. Kind of give me an I give give us an idea of, of why you're why you're leaning towards towards Chicago. Yeah, and I think I even mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode. For me, you know, one, you can never discount Aaron Rodgers. So would I be surprised if he pulls something off tomorrow and and wins this? No, I wouldn't. He's Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, in terms of skill set, he's the most skilled quarterback I've ever seen in my life. His resume needs a little bit more before I think he's in the GOAT conversation, but obviously different discussion. So I wanted to get that out of the way before people say I'm biased or anything, because I certainly wouldn't say it's a shoe and win when Aaron Rodgers is on the field by any means. Um, so with that being said, when, when I look at this roster, I think there are only two position groups that you can argue that the Packers are better. Obviously quarterback, Mitch just isn't there yet. I don't think he, he has a chance to prove that this year, but at this point he is not there. Um, and then maybe wide receiver group, just because Devontae Adams is the best receiver on the field. But then once you look through the depth, I like the Bears' depth better. But with the Packers being top-heavy, you can make the argument, I'm not going to argue with you, right? After that, I don't think position groups are, are particularly close. I like our running backs better. Um, I like offensive and de- – I mean, the whole defense I, I like better. I don't think I have to break that one down uh, very much. The the Packers front seven just isn't that good. Their secondary has talent with that being said, but the way I see this game shaking out, and I kind of wanted to give a broader breakdown that way is because when Mitch has protection, he looks good. I mean, hell, he's a really good scrambler. So there were times where when he didn't have protection, he looked really good, but you combine, I think Mitch going into the second year and being completely comfortable with this offense and with his weapons with a young secondary and an average front seven. I I don't want to be too harsh and say that they're bad because we don't really know what some of those pieces that they have. I, I think Mitch is primed to really take this over in the second half. The way I see the game is that the first half will be close. Uh, the Packers may lead, Bears may lead, but I forecast it to be a one-score game going into halftime. And that's when I think the depth of the Bears and you know them being the better team will start wearing down. Rodgers is going to make some big plays. Rodgers is going to get some good stats. He's Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, it's kind of like when you look at, you know, trying to shut down a superstar in basketball, like you don't shut down LeBron, you seek to contain him. You know what I mean? So like the bears just have to limit those big plays and they'll be fine. Um, So I said all that to say, I think we're going to see an improved Mitch. Um, I think we're going to see essentially the same defense. And I think we're going to see the weapons who are comfortable in this offense in year two. I think um, the bears pull away in the second half. I see something like a, a bears 28, Packers 13, 17 in that range. I, I, I think it'll be a 10 plus um, point win for the Bears. Yeah, I, I like a lot of the things that you said, and I'll kind of just expand upon that, um, you know, in certain aspects. Um, I agree that Rodgers is probably the best, you know, offensive player on the field, um, with Devontae Adams probably not too far behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I, I, they're, they're offensive skill groups that doesn't really scare me. I mean, you'll probably see a lot of, you know, not necessarily double coverage, but you'll see a lot of safety help over the top of wherever Devontae Adams goes. Um, you know, we'll see if Kyler, if uh, Kyle Fuller follows him around or if uh, Prince of Mukamura can kind of, you know, size him up as well. 
Um, we'll see a lot of Eddie Jackson, I feel like, kind of going wherever he goes, mm-hmm. and, that, and that'll kind of be that matchup there. I, I just don't like the Packers' offensive line. Like, if, the, if you honestly believe that they can stop Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, you know, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, all of those guys coming at you on every single play. And Leonard Floyd always has a big game against them for and some Leonard reason. Flo- he and, just loves and, playing against the Packers. You know, you know, people last year, you know, like, you know, they, they were riding on him a lot, you know, for the very slow start that he got. He went, you know, just weeks without getting a sack. But it's also, you have to remember, he was playing the first couple of weeks with that club on his hand because he had yep. broken it right before the preseason. He's all set to go this year. And I think one year, uh, you know, having the offense to learn from Khalil Mack. Because remember, Khalil Mack just got there and he, they're like, all right, uh, 52, here you go. Go go sack Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> now they had a whole year. Leonard Floyd had some opportunities to maybe learn some techniques from him. Um, yeah, I, I We talked about this a little bit when we were talking about the linebacker group for the Bears breakdown was just that um, I, I think Chuck Pagano is going to use him a little differently than Vic Fangio did. Uh, maybe not as much in coverage as we had used to see him in years past. I think we're going to see him just being a pure pass rusher uh, for most of the game. Now, will he drop back every now and then maybe to cover Jimmy Graham? Yeah, probably, because he kind of fits uh, that. That's a nice matchup. Um, but I think we'll probably see Roquan on Jimmy Graham a little bit more um, as the game goes on. So uh, I just think overall the defense is just going to overwhelm the Packers offense. I, I know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and everybody likes to give him a pass, but He's still in a new offense. Yep. Uh, he still has a ton of young players learning the the game. Uh, his running backs groups doesn't scare me at all. You know, that defensive line, I think, is going to eat against the, the the Packers interior offensive line. Um, and then, you know, I just think the, the Packers defense really isn't all that good. I mean, they had one maybe maybe one franchise name that, you know, you'd buy the you'd buy the jersey of. And that's Mike Daniels. But now he's in Detroit. So it's like who they they overpaid a lot of pretty average guys, in my opinion, uh, this off season to try and kind of shore some things up. Adrian Amos, in my opinion, is one of those average guys that I think they just overpaid. Um, and it'd be kind of fun to watch Mitch kind of just torch him up a little bit. I think that'd be kind of fun, <laughs> uh, to see. Um, yeah, I agree with you about Mitch. Um, I, I'm curious. To, I know a lot of talk has been throwing to the left and things like that. And you know the Packers, Mike Patton, will do everything he can to force those throws to the left. I just think he get. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for for what he's able to do. Um, I'm sure they'll move the pocket quite a bit. Um, but I'm just excited to see what this offense looks like in year two, um, including David Montgomery. That's a piece they didn't have. And uh, I'm curious to see how much they use Riley Ridley in this first game because he was, you know, he is a fourth round pick, sure, but they they were in love with him mm-hmm. to to draft him. Um, so yeah, I, I think Mitch is going to have a big game. Um, I, I don't see the Packers scoring more than 24 points. And last year, when the Bears, you know, kept opponents from scoring 24 points or less, they won every single game they were in. I think they were like 12 and 0 or something like that. So. <laughs> Um, if they can hold them to under 24 points, I, I think this team is going to, is going to be in pretty good shape. I agree. I agree. And we both touched on Mitch quite a bit in this elongated, um, prediction of bears Packers. So I think it's only right to segue here. 
um, to go into our Bears breakdown for episode 20, which is the quarterback. Uh, I do want to go ahead and say that if Mitch has some sort of catastrophic injury that keeps him out for the year, I think we're completely done in terms of playoff hopes. Chase yeah. Daniel does not inspire you to be more than a game or two fill-in. Um, that being said, I think he's very valuable because what he brings to the table is basically another quarterback coach or an assistant coach for Mitch. I do think he brings a lot to the table in that aspect. Right. I think that's why they've favored him for these last couple of years. Um, so with him out of the way, let's just assume that Mitch plays all 16 plus games. Um, and the two things that I do want to, I want to point out, but my focal points here are the growth of Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, you mentioned one of them is throwing to the left. He got that pretty much corrected about mid-year. And I, I think it was just mental at that point. I don't even – I think before people had actually started talking about it, I don't even think he noticed it. I don't think that's something that you just wake up like, man, I haven't completed a pass to the left here in quite some time. Like, it, it just became mental. And then really past the Buccaneers game, it wasn't an issue anymore. Um and so I also look at the growth just with his comfortability when it was high pressure. When you look at game one against the Packers last year, he was not ready for that moment. And you saw it in that last drive. He looked terrified. He looked nervous. He played erratic. We really got bailed out by that roughing the passer call. If you remember like uh, on Clay Matthews, that was a really bad call. It was like a fourth and 13 too. And they gave it to us and he still couldn't capitalize on that. But then you fast forward after this whole year of growth from Mitch and you'll continue to hear people look at the stats and do this and do that. The eye test still and will always mean something no matter how many stats we have, no matter how many analytics. But when I see what he did in the second half against the Eagles, more specifically that last drive against the Eagles, in which I thought Nagy, well, I thought he was uh, too conservative that whole game. But specifically in that last drive, we could have got a touchdown in that last drive, I think. He just really played for that field goal. But Mitch looked so poised under pressure, made the big throws. Look for his target, who was Allen Robinson, who I think will have a big year this year. And he just looked like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, and, and when I tell people about Mitch, will he ever be a top five guy? Will he be a top 10 guy? I don't know. Who knows? But when the pressure's on the line, that's the quarterback that I need. And he showed me a ton last year with that last drive against the Eagles. And I said all that to say, I 100% expect him to make another step forward this year. It only makes sense. You saw him progress on the fly, you know, all throughout the 2018 season. So for the 2019 season, now that he has a whole off season under his belt to familiarize himself with his weapons and the playbook. And you, I mean, you just see, he has a high IQ. Uh, he, there, there were things his footwork had to get cleaned up in which he was doing. So again, on the fly last year, I'm expecting a big year out of him. Now, what, what the numbers are going to look like, that I don't know um, for two reasons. One, we have to make sure that Nagy actually trusts him to really you know, step on the throats of, of teams. And he didn't do that last year. Matt got really conservative once we got a lead because we have a great defense, which segues me to number two. We have such a good defense that the defense may score two or three touchdowns in a game. And at that point, Mitch won't be throwing the ball. Yeah. So it's like, for me, the eye test is what matters the most right now. It's not about stats. We're not a, a, a team. We're not Houston where we're just going to air it out all the time. And we have a Deshaun Watson who's going to get 4,500 yards. And everyone's like, look at the stats. And the, for me, I think that the biggest stat, if I had to narrow one down, is going to be the touchdown to interception ratio. If he can get that to three to one, we're going to be in a great spot this year. And I don't see why he can't do it. I'm not predicting that he will. I don't know. But his skill set, 
the comfortability, the ability for him to have this whole offseason to familiarize himself, I don't see why 3-1 to one is, is out of the realm of possibility. I talk when, when people ask me about Mitch, if he's good or if he's not good. It's it's a very circular conversation at this point because you just you, you you can have all the arguments in the world for one side or the other. And nobody at this point, nobody's going to listen to reason. They're, they're kind of dug in. But I always remind people that it's it's like any other job. I mean, last year, 2018, he's starting. It's it's the first week of a new job. Let's let's look at it like that. How nervous are you on your first week of a new job where you're? <laughs> You're, you're trying to learn, you you know, and you, you can say, oh, the, the preseason, the practice, blah, blah, blah. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can have all the ch- the job training, the job shadowing, you can. But once you start doing stuff on your own, live, in the in the real setting, and you don't know what you're doing, you feel like you just, you feel sunk. You just don't, you're, you panic, you're like, oh my God, what do I do, what do I do? But then as you kind of keep doing the job and keep doing the job and keep doing it, you start to get more and more comfortable. You start to not even think about things. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what play we're running. Yep. I know what defense. Oh, I, I know where the linebacker is. That means that they're going to blitz. I know where the safeties are. They're going to do this. They're going to do – it's just about – I agree that at times he, he looked like he was just scared and kind of just started, oh, I got ejected from the pocket and I got to make something happen. Now he's got a full off season and an entire regular season and a playoff game under his belt to say, okay – I'm going to take everything I learned from last year and I'm going to put it into this year. Now he can identify defenses. That's what we're going to be looking for. Does he understand what Mike Pettin, who's a pretty creative defensive coordinator, maybe not the best head coach, but a pretty solid defensive coordinator, he's going to be able to identify and maybe he's not going to be as confused as much as he was last year. And I think, you know, people like to say, well, look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Yeah, that's because Andy Reid is just a great head coach and can beat you up by himself. And Patrick Mahomes got a year to sit back, watch Alex Smith and understand, okay, so this is what defense I'm seeing. Mitch didn't have that. He had John Fox telling him to hand the ball (laughs) off to Jordan Howard 16 times a game and just be like, yeah, we're going to lose anyway, so who cares? No, now he has a head coach who can say, this is what we were looking at, but he's not going to give him the answer. Because I, I truly think that he wants Mitch to start identifying those defenses on his own so we don't get a Jared Cuff type situation mm-hmm. where he's just, oh, you know, this is the play that we're running. Look at this, look at that. Oh, 15 seconds, you're on your own, Jared. And he's just throwing picks left and right. Um, I think we're going to see a massive step forward. I, I do want to see maybe a little bit less running around because like you said, if he does get hurt and misses a, a good number of games, even like two or three, that could be enough to knock him out uh, of the playoffs. And I, I don't trust Chase Daniel to go out there and win a game. Uh, his arm strength looks just non-existent. I don't know what's going on, but in the preseason, he looked awful. He looked terrible. And I just I, I don't know if he's going to be able to at least win a game. You'd think he would with this defense, but I just don't trust him. Um, I like Mitch. I, I do. I, I'm not going to say, like you said, I'm not going to sit here and say he's an elite top five level quarterback. He's better than this guy. He's better than that guy. I just think he's a good quarterback for this system. And I think that Matt Nagy is going to show that he can get him to where he needs to be. There's a reason that he was drafted number two overall, right? Every other team, and I don't care what people say, he was the number one quarterback on every team's board. And yep. people were like, oh, well, why didn't they draft you know, Pat Mahomes? Mahomes wasn't going to be that pick either. It was Deshaun Watson. Because like, he, 
Mahomes went third or, or am I crazy? No, he went second technically, but, but I, I just think the chiefs, they knew what they were looking for. They know what mm-hmm. type of quarterback and it just fit their scheme a little bit better. You know, do, well, does Mahomes have the same success in Houston that he does in Kansas city? I don't think so. I don't I, think I he don't. does either. I wanted to add to your point and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the reason no, no, why no, they went with Pat Mahomes is, Mahomes is because they wanted a totally different profile of quarterback. Deshaun Watson switched up his play style once he got to the NFL. He was the Alex Smith of college football. He was a dink and dunk, very accurate quarterback, didn't like to go past 10 to 12 yards with his throws. Once he got to the NFL, he was airing out, and people were like, what the hell is going on here? Like we, yeah. So people, they, they're using hindsight as 2020 in, as like, you know, to the, to the core meaning of what that means. Like Pat Mahomes was looked at as a project, and someone who was going to need a year or two, which they sat him for a full year to really develop. He was a super raw with a huge arm type of talent. And Deshaun Watson was known as a, another Alex Smith type. And and Kansas City didn't want another Alex Smith. You know what right. I mean? Right. And and for Mitch specifically, it was all about, oh, well, he's super accurate. He's super mobile, which we've seen mm-hmm. the mobility, the accuracy. You just got – I really do chalk that up to two things. One, 2017, he was – had nothing. He had nothing to work with. He had a terrible offensive coordinator. He was throwing to Josh Bellamy on a, on a, on a very high basis. He was throwing to Trey McBride. He was throwing to, (laughs) give me some other names, Frankie, give me, give me some top. Yeah. I mean, like what is he supposed to do with some of these weapons that he had? Like if you can even call them weapons, they, they weren't anything. He was playing behind an offensive line that I feel like was still trying to figure himself out. It's going to be hard to be accurate when you have no one to throw to. Like, it, it, it's just that's just the realistic situation. Then last year, I think, you know, the accuracy, the deep ball, he's still building chemistry with these receivers. And if people don't think that's a real thing, then you're just an idiot. You, you, hear, talk, you hear quarterbacks talk about it and wide receivers talk about it all the time. It's about building chemistry. Allen Robinson was a guy who was still coming back from injury. Taylor Gabriel was a guy he had never even played with before. So now they, everyone knows this offense for a full year. That excuse that everyone had last year out the window, you yep. can't use it anymore. And that's, and that's fine. Cause we, we, hopefully we won't need to be making excuses for this quarterback. I, I think he's going to take that, that next step forward and maybe not, maybe not again, maybe not top five, maybe not all pro, but maybe he's, a Pro Bowl selection. He's not, you know, a, an alternate this year. He is a Pro yeah. Bowl selection. Yeah. Um, they don't need him to be a, an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Would it be nice if he throws 55 touchdowns yeah. and 10 picks? Of course. <laughs> but but do they need that to win a Super Bowl? I, I don't think so. With this run game, with, with the defense they have, with the coaching they have as well, I, I don't think they need him to be that guy. But – Obviously, it would be nice if he was. Agreed. No, I, I agree with everything that you said. And the one thing I did want to say before we move on uh, is to add to your point that if you guys are looking at, at those as excuses with the new weapons from last year and his rookie year being plain and simple, they, they are. But I think they're legit excuses. Uh, that being said, I love that you capped it off because I feel the same way. This year, there, there is no more of that. This is the year that Mitch really proves his worth. There's no more inherent excuses for him. The weapons are there. The offense is in year two. Nagy says he's given them much more of a leash and they're going to throw the ball more. So this is it. Prove why you were the number one quarterback in that draft. This is the year for me of expectations for Mitch. Throw six touchdowns every game and we'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, Frankie, let's uh, let's jump over to our final segment for this episode of uh, the Corked Up Podcast, episode number 20, uh, our final, final top five favorite players for the NFL. Frank, I kind of like doing this. We may have to bring this back for the for the NBA or something like that. We'll, we'll have to figure <laughs> something out because we're, we're going to have time to fill in the second half, and I don't know if we can do that anymore. So let's go ahead and uh, start with the Lions, and uh, we'll kind of do it the way we did uh, you know, last week with the NFC West and the NFC East um, and the South or whatever. I don't even remember what we did last week. Just all the, the divisions. Ago, Frankie. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go, you, you'll go, um, you know, top five. I'll do my five and then we'll kind of go that way and then we'll we'll continue on. So we'll start with the Lions. Frank, who's your fifth favorite Lion of all time? Am I naming five through one and then tossing let's, it to let's you? Let's do it that way. That that works. Okay. All right. Um. Lions three, number five, uh, Cliff Averill. Uh, very speedy pass rusher. Love watching him play. Uh, four, as dirty as he was, still entertaining. Liked him. And Damakong Su. Um, three, one of the very few ball hawks that they had, Dre Bly. He was fun to watch growing up. Uh, number two for me, Matthew Stafford. Um, and number one, I couldn't think of anyone else. I, I mean, you can't go any different. Calvin Johnson, Megatron. I mean, he, he, was, he was arguably the best receiver in the game for a handful of years. Number five for me, Frankie, is a kicker who was kicking before I was born and kicked until I graduated high school. Jason Hansen. Dude just never missed. Just played forever. Literally 20 years of of, of NFL football. You got to love it. Uh, Number four, got to have an average quarterback in there, John Kitna. Come on. He's he's, the fucking goat. I considered him. Yeah. Number three for me, Darius Slay, uh, their their top cornerback. He's he's just a ton of fun to watch. Uh, Number two. I, and it's it's funny because I, I, I didn't get to watch him that much, but it was just some of the earliest football memories I've ever had. Um, Barry Sanders was just we, we got to see him right at the end. Um, and that's basically the earliest football memories that I have. So, um, of course, Barry and the number one, Calvin Johnson. How, how could you go any different for the Lions? Yeah. Dominant receiver, probably the most talented wide receiver we've ever seen, maybe will ever see. So. Um, yeah, Calvin Johnson, Frank, you, who you got for Vikings, uh, Vikings. I have number five, Anthony Barr, um, very, very good linebacker. Number four, Jared Allen, one of the best pass rushers of our lifetime. Number three, Dante Culpepper, uh, number two, Adrian Peterson, uh, and number one, I couldn't go any different again. Randy Moss, uh, uh, arguably the best receiver of all time. You know what I mean? He's definitely in that conversation. Yeah, uh, and I, really, the reason that Dante was in there is that connection when we were growing up was oh, fucking light. That 2001 team was just yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, I used Randy Moss for my Patriots list. He was my fa- yep. night, a number one favorite Patriot. So, um, because I didn't have Tom Brady, because I'm not a coward like you, Frank. Um, number five for me, uh, Anthony Barr. Uh, number four, Harrison Smith. Number three. Adam Thielen. I had to pick between him and Diggs, and I just like Thielen better. I think his he's just you know, him coming out of nowhere is was one of the cooler stories. And also him just um emasculating Kirk Cousins on the sidelines of that Bears game. <laughs> that was hilarious. One of the funniest moments I think I'll ever have. So uh number two, Jared Allen, and then number one, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. So yeah. Yeah, definitely number one for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it was between him and Randy for me. So, you know what I mean? It was like, right. I, I didn't pick Randy 1A, already. 1, he had to 1A, make 1B. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So then moving on to the Packers, um, 
Number five for me, uh, Donald Driver. Number four, Clay Matthews, another guy who's you know one of the best pass rushers that we've seen. Number three, uh, and it was tough because I was picking between this guy and Bubba Franks, but uh, Amon Green got the nod. Really, I mean, if you think about it, the last like elite runner that they've had, and that was quite some time ago. I know they're hoping Aaron Jones can can kind of replicate that. Number two for me, Aaron Rodgers. As I said before, the dude is is physically the best quarterback I've ever seen. If he can get a few more notches uh, under his belt, he'll he'll be in that goat conversation. Number one for me was Brett Favre. Just like you talk about Barry Sanders being some of your earliest memories, that's how it was for me with Brett Favre. Just a gunslinger. He's probably the reason why I really enjoy gunslinger quarterbacks. Like yep. he just went out there. He probably had jeans on underneath his pads and just fucking let him rip, man. The, like uh, he, he was very what, what fun. What is it? Watch. The uh, the Wranglers. Yeah, the Wranglers. The exactly. Wranglers. Uh, number five for me, Amon Green. Uh, number four, Jordy Nelson. Uh, number three, Donald Drivers. Felt like he just played forever. Number yeah. two, Aaron Rodgers. And number one for me, Brett Favre as well. Um, I'll never forget that Monday night game against the Raiders when his, you know, his dad died and oh, John Ed just was falling in love with Brett Favre. It was one of the craziest games um, that, we, that we'll probably ever see. So, yeah, yeah. Brett Favre. One of the best one, sports moments Packers. of all time. That yeah, was and it was hard to pick Packers because – I just, they're the Packers, but I'll yeah, never pick Clay Matthews. Fuck him. All right, so now we'll get to the end of this segment, end of this episode here. Um, the Bears, the f- number five. Uh, so we did a little different, Frank. Um, we decided that we couldn't come up with uh, five players. It was just too difficult. So we split it. We did five of our favorite offensive players, five of our favorite defensive players. Let's start with the offense because that was a little bit harder uh, Frank, why don't you go through five through one? Yeah, five through one for me, like you said, it, the offense was a little harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, number five for me was Olden Krutz. I mean, just bona fide fucking animal on that offensive line. There was some years in those early to mid 2000s where that offensive line as a whole was just nasty. And he led that crew. Uh, number four for me, uh, Anthony Thomas. Just, I go back thinking as a kid, I just watching him run number 35 for the, it wasn't very long, but those couple of years, he was just very, I mean, he's one of the first guys that I just fell in love with watching football. Yeah. Um, number three for me, a guy who will, I think we'll have an episode one day about him. Uh, I, I don't think he, he got his just due well in Chicago, uh, but Jay Cutler, very fun to watch in his prime before the injuries hit. Super entertaining. Number two for me, uh, Matt Forte, probably the best Bears running back uh, outside of maybe Anthony Jones for me. Um, I have like a 1A and a 1B because I wanted to get Devin Hester, but he really wasn't an offensive player. Um, right. So the number one for me was, was uh, was well, I mean, it was Devin Hester. I wanted to go uh, Anthony Jones, but I know I used him for the Jets, but I, I was like, what am I supposed to do here? Because like Hester was our offense for a couple of years, but he really right. wasn't an offense. You mean Thomas so, Jones. I'm sorry, Thomas Jones, uh, yes. And- yeah, Anthony Thomas, Thomas Jones, very. I know. Yeah. I I Anthony. wanted to give him his due credit because he was the engine of that team. You just you know, doubled it offense. up and went and went. Anthony exactly. Jones. I like exactly. that. But uh, no, Devin Hester got my number one spot for me, uh, even though he really wasn't on offense. Number five for me, Anthony Thomas, the A train, at his bobblehead from McDonald's, one of my favorite players. Uh, <laughs> number four, Marty Booker. Marty Booker. <laughs> he didn't really do anything, but he's just. I just love Marty Booker. Um, number three, Tariq Cohen, already one of the best offensive players we've we've seen. Um, just can pretty much do anything, but in the backfield as opposed to kick returning. Um, sometimes he he gets a little too creative, uh, <laughs> tries to do a little too much. But um, I, I just love watching him play. Number two for me was Devin Hester. I agreed he wasn't really an offensive player, 
I uh, tried to play wide receiver and was just really bad at that until he went to Atlanta. Then he actually started catching balls. Um, guy couldn't talk worth shit, but it uh, didn't matter because he was, you know, you, you couldn't hear him while you were running behind him. Um, <laughs> number one, Matt Forte, uh, definitely the best Bears running back. We One of the most underappreciated Bears, I think, of all time, right? I mean, he's just, he yeah, was so yeah. good at everything. He wasn't great um, at one particular thing. And I think that's what made him so dangerous. So, uh, yeah, number one for me, Matt Forte. Yeah. Um, so defense for me was tough for the opposite reason. There's just so many guys. Like when I think back, actually my first favorite player on the bears was Roosevelt Colvin in 2001 outside linebacker, uh, playing in that four, three, he didn't make my list, but just to kind of go, I wanted to say that to kind of go far back and just all the different talent that we had on defense. And he went to the Patriots the year after that. Um, but number five for me, the peanut punch, man, Charles Tillman, just mm. an absolute beast. Uh, one of the few guys who could shut down Calvin Johnson. I'll still remember that his rookie year, just going head to head with him. Really, he, you, know, you know, Charles staked his claim there. Number four for me, Julius Peppers. I didn't want him on the list because he went to the Packers afterwards, but <laughs> God damn it, he was just so good. Uh, number three for me already is Khalil Mack. For, for a dude to come in and make an impact the way he did last year, basically off the couch. I mean, that was insane. Um Number two for me, which he's probably number one for most people, was Brian Urlacher. Uh, side to sideline speed, you know, the, the dude, he could cover, he could tackle, he could blitz. There wasn't nothing he could do on that field. Uh, number one for me, um, he was my favorite player for a very, very long time. I loved his passion. You know my affinity for safeties, Mike Brown. I, I, I stay, I stick to this day. If he's healthy in that Super Bowl against uh, Peyton Manning, I like our chances a lot more. And I think we we probably win that with him and Tommy Harris in that game. Tommy is another one who could have made the list. Fuck. Yeah, there, there was just there was so many. It was it was very difficult to pick for this one. Uh, <laughs> number five for me was Julius Peppers. You said all you needed to say. Uh, number four, Lance Briggs. I love the pairing with him and, and Brian in the middle, um, and the and the side linebacker. But I remember that game in Dallas where he just dominated and took over. Oh man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a, I think it was a, either a Monday or Sunday night game. It was a it night was, game. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was great. Uh, number three, Charles Tillman, the peanut punch. Um, yeah, he was basically the Optimus Prime to Calvin Johnson's Megatron. You just shut him down um, pretty much every time. It was it was incredible to watch. Number two, agreed, Brian Urlacher. Um, I, I don't need to say really anything else. And then number one, Khalil Mack already, the, easily the best defensive player we've we've ever seen, and by far my favorite. Um, I mean, I, I remember being in literal shock, in literal shock that the Bears. Yeah got Khalil Mack and then not only that but then they signed him as well Ryan Pace could do anything he wants for the next five years and I'll be like I don't care he got Khalil Mack yeah like I I, I just I don't care what made that trade even more bittersweet is that the Packers offered the same exact thing but the Oakland Raiders thought we were going to be worse so we got him instead and we just win the division that just makes it so good which if I'm the Raiders I'd make I mean if I if I'm making that trade which first of all I'm never making that trade I'm never trading Khalil yeah. Mack yeah. but if I was trading him I'd take also the Bears offer as opposed to the Packers offer offer by far that just makes yeah. more oh, sense I at that point I I 100% agree um I mean, I mean, but dude, just like you said, this this list was so hard because when you think of guys like Tim Jennings, he's going to get overlooked as history goes on. Nathan Basher, a guy yeah. who really, really played well throughout the years. We didn't you know, have any Tommy of Tommy Harris, Ottawa, Agunlia. Right. I, I mean, right. these Alex Brown, um, Akeem Hicks, 
Akeem Hicks might Akeem be a couple Hicks people's favorite. Is going to be another dude. Yeah, I mean, we uh, Keith Trailer. Who who was the yeah. other big boy next to Keith Trailer? They were so good plugging up that middle. I mean, that they were uh, Keith Trailer and um, Ted Washington were the two guys that Brian Urlacher credited so much early in his career. He's like, dude, without those guys plugging up that middle, I couldn't do what I do. And like, we just had so many good players on defense throughout the years. Like. As I was going looking at the rosters, like I could have probably named nine out of the eleven starters from like two thousand and one yeah. up to today. Like it is insane how much talent has just been, you know, on this team on the defensive side. And it's just crazy to see how how much it's it's changed, um, you know, since those years in in twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. I mean, twenty seventeen was an okay season, but like there was just nothing for so long because they yeah. just kept making bad draft picks and they just signed Jared Allen for some strange reason. <laughs> he was just old and bad. Um, and then, you know, Pernell McPhee, he just didn't work out cause he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but now they've kind of gotten some things right and uh, it looks like they're on the right track. So, That'll do it for this episode of the Corked Up Podcast, episode number 20. Uh, Frank, we got Bears Packers tomorrow night. Uh, excuse me, on Thursday night, so a couple nights from now. Apologize. Um, so pretty excited for that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a pretty handily, handily convincing Bears win, uh, but I'm also looking forward to week one uh, just of the NFL season in general. Same. We'll find back. Uh, it's been quite the journey, Frank, to episode 20. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to another another couple more. For Only sure. a couple more and then we're done. And then That's we're done. That's it. We have two more. Then we're yeah. done. Yeah. No, but <laughs> uh, let's keep it rolling here, Frank. As good as good to talk to you as always. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another edition of the Cork Up Podcast. Later, y'all. Later, Jackie.